0: Uh, Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Uh, Please grant us that we may wisely hear them, read them, mark them, learn them, and inwardly digest them. And that through the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Which you have given us in our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. That's basically a a, a good meaty prayer from the 1662 prayer book. (laughs) Our friends, our society wants to tell us many things. But one thing it certainly wants us to do is question everything. It does. But our society is also made up of the views of people. And so one view, which at times reflects what the Bible calls our flesh, is that we question everything. And that is why a child, when young, usually says, why (laughs) to everything. Now, please don't misunderstand me at this point. Uh, It is also healthy and right to question some things. But everything... And when push comes to shove, what is correct? If a person questions everything, who decides what is ultimately correct? Like the person themselves? Like a referendum? (laughs) Like you? Like me? Yes, what is ultimately, ultimately correct and who decides it? You know, I've uh, always been amazed at one thing and one thing alone, and it is this Jesus, God's Son, who walked on this planet some 2,000 years ago now, spoke massively about this, and so much so, you could say, that he was killed for it. Yes, he spoke about what is ultimately correct. We remember that day when he was killed. ...as Good Friday, and we remember the day that he rose from the dead as Easter Sunday. Most of the world does. But what did he speak about that got him into so much trouble? One of the answers is that he said that he himself is the truth. John 14, 6. You could say, always correct... He also repeatedly said, and I mean repeatedly, it is hard to count the number of times he says it, I tell you the truth. He also said, and for me it is a complete game changer, I don't know if anyone else has ever said anything like this, that he not only came into this world to testify to the truth, but that anyone, yes, anyone on the side of truth listens To him, John 18, 37. To that I go, wow. Yes, our society might tell us to question everything, but has our society also told us that there is someone who you never, never, ever need to question? As he is the truth? The second point I would like us to consider is this, and it is assumed in what I've already said, but also flows out of verse 6 of chapter 3 of Proverbs. Yes, I'll eventually get to it. (laughs) The second point is this, but everyone chooses something not to question. It is very strange how modern people don't question their right and ability to question everything. That means that everyone is living by faith in some, Ultimate authority. And what ultimate authority we've also decided we will not ever question. One's reason, uh, one's understanding, one's insight, one's intuition, usually popular opinion by a very loud minority, and the younger the better, <laughs> it is, uh, therefore regularly becomes one's ultimate authority. Yes, everyone must choose something not to question. And for the Christian, one has chosen not to question God as he is the one with the ultimate authority and his son sure spoke about that. Uh, Last week we reminded ourselves of the two forms of wisdom available today, uh, the world's. Or God's. Yes, one chooses God or chooses the world. And the default is the world. But Jesus, as I said, is a complete game changer. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, see, I told you we would eventually get there. Uh, We're told this in a different way, but much the same thing. Here it is all about trust, but so too is wisdom when you stop to think about it as I said last week who are we going to trust are we going to trust the world usually the view of our own insight or God that's the question it all comes down to who we are going to trust the world the devil the flesh or God And these two verses we are told, I'll read them to you again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. I don't know how it is for you, but I've learnt (laughs) over the years not to always trust myself. I've also uh, very, very, very painfully learnt that I cannot always trust others. Yes, very painfully. But there's that word, but <laughs> but I can trust him. He is completely trustworthy, and therefore, if I trust him with my salvation. I should also trust him with my ongoing sanctification, no matter how painful it is at times. Now today we're going to specifically look at uh, verse 6, the second bit. Uh, In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. In all your ways. I suppose that means in everything. (laughs) And it does. Yes, he... And usually it is by his spirit revealing his word to us. Yes, his word, as it is a reflection of him, uh, we, should, we should, yes, should, uh, delight in and therefore love because he has spoken, Compare Psalm 119.47. And he is always right and he's always trustworthy and his son who is now our Lord, not just personified truth, but as I said, is the truth. And that is the reason why he came. Ultimate authority comes from God and therefore his son can say he is the truth. Yes, the Holy Bible can guide us in all our ways even when there is not a specific verse for every life situation we go through. As you immerse yourself in his word, as you immerse yourself into the Bible's story of a personal God who made us and saved us for a relationship with him, it makes every part of your life look different now. Every part. And that is true wisdom. And that is also how one grows in wisdom. In all your ways, submit to him. Other translations have the words acknowledge him. I decided to look up the word that is translated submit uh, by some translations and "acknowledge" by others. How would I think I might become a Bible translator for Whitcliffe? (laughs) I must admit that I thought the word submit uh, seems to be a little heavy handed whereas the word acknowledge seems to be a bit light on. So I did look up the original Hebrew word and also looked up some other translations. And what I discovered was this. Uh, The Hebrew word pretty much is the same word used elsewhere in the Old Testament and in particular Genesis 3.22, hence our Old Testament reading from the Bible today, where it is translated know or knowing. And so some translations have decided that no, that is K-N-O-W, is better than submit or acknowledge for this particular verse. And I think I tend to agree. Now before you yawn, (laughs) I do think it's quite significant. And because I'm now an excellent Bible translator, (laughs) it must be significant. In the Holy Bible, to know someone involved knowing them very deeply. And sometimes it is used between a husband and wife to describe sexual intercourse. Genesis 4 1. We today say, made love. Yes, this word can be translated and is in some as no, K N O W. In all your ways, know Him. And as I said, it made me think of Genesis three twenty-two straight away. I'm sure it came to your mind too, (laughs) where Adam and Eve chose to know good and evil rather than to know the Lord and therefore life. They lent on their own understanding, or they were tempted to. And fell into temptation sadly uh, we are now their fallen descendants but yes in all your ways know him it involves submitting to him after all he is Lord yes it involves acknowledging him after all he is Lord but there is a delight in this duty and I think the word know picks that up we are to know him that deeply and the more deeply one knows Jesus, the wiser we are. Oh, Justin and Lisa and I little Isaac's here. there's little Isaac. See the little baby? Born last week? See? Is this is this in the podcast? Okay, you yeah. <laughs> know. Am I allowed to mention that? Okay. I just have. Great to ha- have you join us. Where were we, Dan? <laughs> yeah, I was wrapping up, was I? Yeah. Amen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes, in all your ways, know him. (laughs) And that involves submitting to him. After all, he is Lord. It involves acknowledging him. After all, he is Lord. But there is a, and this is what it's up to, a delight in this duty. And I think the word know picks that up. We are to know him that deeply. And the more deeply one knows Jesus, the wiser we are. And therefore, the closer we walk with him down the narrow path path of life in this ever crazy world in which we live. The last bit is this. I am wrapping up. (laughs) Uh, And he will make your path straight. I'll put it like this. When we choose not to question the Lord, he delivers. You know, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to deliver these verses could have stopped at the word him try that is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own, own understanding in all your ways submit to him full stop but I found time and time and time again that he delivers have you Now, he might not have delivered in the way you wanted him to. Like I have planned and prayed about lots of things over the years and they haven't come together <laughs> as I wanted them to. Yes, Proverbs 19.21, look it up, <laughs> is therefore another one of my favourite Bible verses. But when we choose to not question the Lord but rather trust him with all our heart he delivers that's what we're told here we're told to trust him completely and to know him deeply and he will deliver he will may I leave you with as I did last week another personal example of how I have found verse 6 to be true in my life Once again, in the life of our family. Not everyone knows this, but after Bible college and after a further three years of being a pastor in Sydney, the Lord convicted me very deeply that we were about to move. Now, at the time, I didn't know where to, but I did know this much we weren't moving to another place in Sydney or we weren't moving to the south coast of New South Wales, Ulladulla in particular, (laughs) as a fun place as it was for us. The year was 1999, so if you're younger than 24, you weren't even born. (laughs) I had told the uh, parish about six months prior to leaving that at the end of the year we would all be moving but we didn't know where to yet. In that six-month period, I was offered some jobs in other parishes, but said no to them, as we thought our Lord wanted us to move right away. I got into a lot of trouble with some bishops for not accepting those jobs. I seem to be always getting into some kind of trouble with some bishop. <laughs> but not, not, not you, Glenn Davies, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, we were living in San Susie at the time and when it came to the Christmas services that particular year, I still didn't have a job to go to and needed to leave the church house that week. Yes, the week between Christmas and New Year. Need I say that Sue was quite concerned as to what we would do let alone our three sons, and probably so was I. It's not nice to shake people's hands at the door of the church on Christmas Day, and as they say Merry Christmas and goodbye to you, they also ask you where are you moving to this week, and your reply is that you don't really know except we need to pack. (laughs) (laughs) But like last week, I'm getting ahead of myself here. A few months before this, we decided to have a four-wheel drive holiday and drive to the tip of Australia and to do this trip with another family from the church we were at. Who here has been to the tip of Australia? Quite a lot of you, okay. (laughs) Quite (laughs) a lot of you, okay. I've been to all of them. (laughs) Uh, Cape York, that tip. Uh, here's a picture of all of us at the tip. <laughs> yes, we got there. The year was 1999. Uh, no bridges then in Cape York. If it was flooded, you floored it. <laughs> sort of thing. Honey, you even had short hair back then. <laughs> I Yes, I even had some hair. It grew back after shaving it all off. And Scott... Scott, you look very young there. (laughs) Anyway, on the way back to Sydney, uh, we popped into Cairns to try and find my mum's old home. Yes, she lived in Cairns, and so to her parents and grandparents, yes, the Sagas family, sixth generation Cairns, uh, she lived in Cairns in the 1930s to 1950s before moving to Sydney. We finally found her old home in Nolan Street. Uh, we had a picture of it, but I've since lost it. It just had sugarcane paddocks uh, all, all around it, so it was a little hard to find. Anyway, we found the home, and it was actually for sale. We then drove down what we now know is Woodward Street <laughs> and through Edshill Shopping Centre, past the Good Shepherd Anglican Church, and my mate in their car on his UHF radio said something like, look Trev, you can buy your mum's old home and be the minister at this church. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. I must admit that we didn't think about it twice. Just thought it was a good laugh. But not long after that, we got back to Sydney and there was an advertisement in the Southern Cross newspaper, the ones NHA get today. And I still have the advertisement, here it is. You could say that this was when I stopped laughing about it all. I thought it had my name written all over it. And so I rang the phone number and had a chat with a gentleman called, and many of you know him, John Stevenson. He's now 95 years old and is in infinite care at Ed Shill. I saw him last week. Back then in 1999, he sent me some stuff, but I never heard anything more for some months, and so I discarded that thought. Back to the church for you, that Christmas day in 1999. One of the last people who shook my hand at the door said, Merry Christmas and goodbye, and then asked me as to where we were going in my response to my I don't know, <laughs> said that he and his wife had a spare house that we could move into that week. It's a vacant small house on the water <laughs> at Doll's Point. I think I said yes, it's a deal, before he had finished talking. <laughs> After we moved that week, uh, we also had someone then give us their car Unbelievable. Uh, we were very regularly given several several hundred dollars to make ends meet. Unbelievable. I probably should have gone to Centrelink, but didn't. Yes, how our Lord was providing was unbelievable. And it wasn't until a long time after cr- that Christmas day that the phone rang. And it was, yes, John Stevenson wanted to know if I was still interested in coming to Cairns and the Good Shepherd Anglican Church. And we were. And fast-forwarding, we spent the next 23 years there until NHA this year. Yes, unbelievable stuff. And he will make your paths straight. He certainly did. He certainly will, including for his people here at NHA. Please stand. This is a prompt for you, Steph and Jenny.